Hello, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, Reborn This Way. Uh, my name is Celan, and uh, I'm going to start with this next episode here. I'm calling it Episode 1, uh, and the question is, who are you? Um, where do you go to define yourself and your identity? How do you identify yourself? Um, and in my determination, there's three possible ways of de- determining your identity. One is, of course, your own. Uh, two is the world and its influences. And then three is God. Uh, we're all born with a sense of desire to define ourselves. Things such as, uh, you know, our likes and dislikes, our environment and our experiences are the main things when it comes to you determining your identity, or at least your contribution to your identity. Um, and I'd say a short example would be, uh, I'm a tomboy. I've never really liked girly clothes, and I love playing softball and soccer. Um, I'm very headstrong and stubborn. I like reading, writing, movies. I'm a big movie buff. Uh, as you can see from my collectibles back there on the shelf, uh, if you're watching over the YouTube. Um, and that's just a short example. Uh, there, there could be other, many other things that someone could use to characterize me, or that I could use to characterize myself. Um, but the main thing I want to get to is, apart from later discussing how God identifies us and how God influences our identities, um, is how the world does this. And uh, the world takes our defining features and qualities, and kind of places its own interpretation of them on us. And it's not something we necessarily ask for, uh, but something the world definitely wants to do because it's a way of control. Um, Often it comes in the form of other people telling us who we are um, or what they believe we are. Um, Another commonality is characterized, uh, I'm sorry, categories of identities. Um, The world is obsessed with identity and how many of them you can stack up on yourself. Um, And if you can stack up a whole lot, then the better in their determination. And the purpose of this is to put put you in boxes uh, that can be predictable and can make you easier to control. Um, Oftentimes it isn't directly defining, but like by them actually defining you, but by smaller influences through culture and through media. Um, We see what society deems as acceptable qualities and unacceptable through what we read, what we listen to, uh, what we watch, um, and, you know, the music we hear, magazines we read, television, um, which are big influencers. Um, And we see these influencers and they end up contributing how we define ourselves. Um, in my example, it's going to be a very basic example, but it's this. It's uh, Growing up, I saw a lot of qualities um, I exhibited and valued in myself being grouped into what the world would consider homosexual um, or lesbianism. Uh, tomboy characters were usually lesbians, uh, and as a byproduct of seeing this, as I grew up, I began identifying with what I saw and 
other people started placing me in that category as well because they would associate what the world showed them uh, about those qualities with me. Uh, the way the world defines us is by falsely making us believe that we are defining ourselves and that we are only as good as what that definition is. Uh, and that definition doesn't match or agree with what the world wants us. Uh, I'm sorry, let me go back. If that definition doesn't match or agree with what the world wants us to be, then we get set into a troublemaker category. Uh, where we become pariahs um, and stereotypically negative categories are placed on us. So we are considered abnormal um, or less human than others. We don't have the moral char characteristics they want, so we're just, you know, they can just sit over there type deal. Um, and uh, we've gone through, as far as those two categories, how you define yourself, and then how the world influences how we define ourselves. Uh, but what about how God defines us? And God has a very unique claim for us uh, for one very important reason, and that's basically that he created us. Um, you may not agree with that statement. Um, it's a biblical statement. He says he created us, and I'm sticking with that, and I, I can't really believe anything else because, uh, I mean, I believe what God says is true. And he made the claim, and no one else can really make that claim. And so I'm, I'm very satisfied with him saying he created us. Uh, and because God is the one who created us, he gives us a better identity than we can even give ourselves or the world can give us. Um, that first identity is probably his greatest, and it's basically determined by his love for us. And I don't know if I could ever consider myself someone worthy of sacrifice, but God did. Um, as we can see in John 3.16 and in the Gospels, and, um, and then through the New Testament, he shows that love, that defining love, by the sacrifice he willingly made for us. Um, like, you can go through John 3.16, and you can basically substitute the words, the world, um, in the verse with our own names, even. And however, we cannot deny that there are two ways that God defines us later on, is that we are either dead in our sins according to 2 Corinthians 5.14, or that we are alive in Christ, from 2 Peter 3.9. And uh, when you consider the you and the world definitions of yourself, they usually center around our own determination, our self-determination, and our qualities that we deem important. But they don't take in the, the spiritual aspect of who we are, particularly that we are fallen, sinful, and selfish. It's something that we often ignore in ourselves. We don't want to admit that we're, we've got shortcomings. We want to, you know, kind of pump ourselves up and, you know, have our own egos and kind of make it like we're not as bad as everybody thinks we are kind of thing. Um, 
But the thing is that God does recognize and address these aspects in our lives. Whereas, you know, again, the world would rather ignore it. Or at least uh, deem those qualities not necessarily as bad qualities, but as good qualities. Um, but because of his great love for us, he describes why he came down to give his life as a ransom for our sins. And uh, in John 15, uh, verse 13, he states, Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. So there's another determined identity that God gives us. He, can con he considers us his friends. He, he considered us important enough to go down and give his life for us. Because he loves us. And, you know, the greatest thing that he considers as a, just, you know, a, how do I say it? As a uh, display of love is being willing to sacrifice yourself. Uh, I mean, if your best friend was about to get shot, would you just stand there and watch? Or would you try to save them, basically? Um, and... You know, his determination for us, his identity for us, is worthy of being saved. I mean, I couldn't give myself that own that type of identity. I've before, you know, Christ entered my life. I didn't consider myself worthy of being saved. I never considered it. I didn't think I needed to be. Um, and the world definitely doesn't consider itself as worthy of being saved because they don't care about Christ. They don't care, they don't think about that they need that um, that quality, that they need to be saved because they can determine their own value in life and they can determine how important or unimportant something is. Um, they can basically be masters of their own lives and be the gods of their own lives. Um... In Ephesians 1, we can see, even more importantly, how, how even deeper that love identity is for Christ and us. Um, I've counted at least 15 different terms that, that Christ used um, through Ephesians on how he, he sees us. And uh, let me just name them off. Uh, number one, blessed. Number two, holy, then blameless, we are redeemed, we are forgiven, we are purposed, we are fulfilled, uh, we are unified, we are chosen, that's one of my favorite, uh, we are sealed and freed, we are children of God, it's probably my second favorite, we are co-heirs, we are renewed, and we are reborn, and uh, as you guys know, I particularly like the reborn one, because... I made my cast reborn this way. Um, if you take in all of those words, they are all actions that result from God's defining love. Uh, they're also, or they also concern something more important than our physical qualities, which what which is what we typically determine ourselves with, and the world influences and de and helps us determine. Um, but our spiritual qualities is what he focuses on as well. Um, we often get lost in our own physical identity. And the world is only concerned with our physical identity. 
but God is concerned with our spiritual well-being and with our spiritual identity. So, why did I pick this topic? As I said, I want to help you decide who defines you. Is it you, is it the world, or is it God? Is it you and God? Is it you, the world, and God? Or is it God? Um, if you allow yourself to determine, be determined by the world or yourself, are you satisfied with that determination? Are you satisfied with that identity? I don't know about you, but I find both the way I define myself and the way that the world define myself, uh, defined me very lacking and limited and just not fulfilling. And then... Does it leave you fulfilled? Or feeling like you're missing something? As I said before, to me, I felt like I was missing something in my identity when it came to using myself and the world as influencers. Um, ignoring God for the many years that I did, and then rediscovering his love for me and what he did for me, and rededicating my life reminded me of what my true identity was was wasn't as you know you know just a tomboy or a lesbian christian or anything like that what it what it reminded me was was that my identity filtered through christ made me so much more and so much more hopeful than anything i or the world could have given me uh and the limitations of the of the world and myself just couldn't cut it. <laughs> I I realized just how much bigger God was in me and that I had been kind of stuffing him out <laughs> and going, no, it doesn't matter what you think of me. I, it just matters what I think of myself or what other people think of me. And when I rededicated my life or when I got to that point, it kind of clicked um, and my eyes kind of opened to the fact that, you know what, I can't do it. I can't make the de this decision of who I am because I just don't really know who I am. And the world doesn't know exactly who I am. But I kept learning things about myself through, you know, my renewed relationship with Christ that fulfilled me far more than anything else in the world. And, you know, the most important reason why I tell you this is God loves you, first and foremost, and wants you to see the world cannot satisfy you, and definitely cannot satisfy me in defining us, and neither can we determine that, and our own definition of ourselves can't even satisfy us. I'd like to meet one person who says, "Are you who?" If I asked, "Are you satisfied with what you who with who you think you are?" and see what their answer is, and I'd tell you that their answer would probably be a no. And if they're not, I know they're lying because I I just know. I mean, it's the truth that's been revealed. If you're not identifying yourself in Christ, there's no possible way you can be dissatisfied with who you are, because. You have so much more potential in Christ than you could ever imagine 
on your own. The world tries very hard to shape us into what it wants us to be. And we constantly find ourselves dissatisfied by what we determine ourselves to be as well. And I want you to know that God sees us first in the love he has for us. It's the, it's the epitome of how he defines us. He was for us in creating us uniquely, redeeming us selflessly, and defining us perfectly. And no one can fit, the, fit those qualities, but God can when it comes to defining us. And I want you to know that God loves you. And he loves you so much that he found you worthy of, you know, dying for you. Um, and I, I hope I can continue to express that in these next coming episodes. Um, and, you know thank you again for listening. I'm, I'm going to end it there because I don't want to overreach my bounds <laughs> when it comes to expressing what God wants me to express. Um, but I would like to end with a prayer and uh, you can join me if you like um, or just listen. Um, before I do that, if you want to find more information um, feel free to look up this video on YouTube and send me a comment. Um, I'll post my, my uh, email if you want to send me a personal letter. And uh, please, um, you know, rate this video and podcast and, and share it uh, so that it can get to the people that God needs it to get to. Because that's the most important thing is that God's story reaches those who need it. And that it's not about me, it's about your soul, and that God loves you and wants you to spend the rest of eternity with him. So, let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity you've given me in my life to not only see the shortcomings of defining myself and, you know, letting the world define who I am, but then giving me the grace and the mercy to see how you see me, Lord. I could never have done it without your help. And I could have never done it absorbed in my own obsessions with who I believed I was. And I'm glad and so very thankful that you opened my eyes to that. I pray for anybody listening to this and for anyone who may be struggling with who they deem they are or trying to find their purpose in life, Lord. And I pray that you be with them and that you open their eyes to how you see them, Lord. And that you soften their hearts to you, Lord. And that they answer your call and believe in the things that you see in them, Lord. And thank you again for, for saving me and for dying on the cross for my sins, Lord. And I pray so deeply with such love that this story, your story, is shared with everyone that you deem and that you call out. Thank you so much, Lord, and I praise you and your precious and holy name in your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.